All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. You got your boy Zage, of course. I'm joined by a lovely, beautiful young man today, <laughs> someone I have known for many years, another West Coast current, I was about to say native, but that's not how that works. What's the word? I don't even know, but this is my boy, <laughs> Cole Miller, joining us on the podcast. What's good, what's good, what's good? Say hello to the people. Hello, people. Um, what's going on, Cole? You are a Delaware native, but what's it called when you, you're a California transplant? Transplant. Uh, I don't know what you call someone who moves to the state without being really offensive. But uh, mm. welcome to the podcast. Think of a terms. We're happy to have you. Um, please just give the people a little sneak peek as to who you are, what you're about, and um, give them a little taste of the vibe. All right, just a sneak peek. Wouldn't want to tell too much. Mm -hmm. um, I'm Cole Miller. I'm born and raised in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, I've lived in North Wilmington my whole life. Um, I don't even know where to begin. Um, so we met in yeah, close two years younger than me, and we met in high school. I know nothing about your education or your life experience prior to high school. And I actually, we're recording this podcast in your father's home right now, and I realized that like I'm not even super familiar with your parents. <laughs> so just give me, which is weird, because I feel like we're pretty close. Yeah, for sure. And I, I've definitely seen your parents a good number of times. Yeah, I definitely have seen your parents. That's the thing, yeah. right? I know that it's like, my fault because like I'm really bad it's at meeting people <laughs> but um so tell me a little bit about like uh you just told me that you know your parents have been split for obviously a while so tell me about uh growing up with the amount of siblings you have and the living situation between like your parents and maybe if you had to go back and forth tell me a little bit about that. oh yeah, yeah yeah for sure um yeah I guess we'll start with the divorce you know as we do any any white kids starting point in their story uh my parents got divorced when I was 12 <laughs> but uh Prior to that, I lived with my brother, Ben, who's three years younger than me, and my older half-brother, Nick, who is seven years older than me. He is my, on my mom's side, he's my half-brother. Um, Nick's dad passed away when he was, like, two. He was, like, mad old, low-key. Um, I never knew the guy. Italian as shit. If you look at Nick, you could tell that we are clearly not 100% <laughs> the same because he, he has, like, dark, oily Italian skin and, like, like long, like greasy black hair. It's mad funny, actually. Um, Sounds like a Guido. Yeah, he looks like a Guido. It's mad funny. Um, but yeah, so I grew up in South Grayling Crest. I uh, went to Crestview, big Crestview kid. I was on swim team, played soccer, played, I wrestled, I played baseball, you know, just doing all, playing sports for four seasons a year like any kid definitely should. Um, I'm very close with both my brothers and my parents. Um, my parents split, but that, I don't... It was low-key? It, it wasn't, it was not low-key, I wouldn't say. Mm -hmm. Um, but my parents both love me very much and are good people. And they, you know, had a clean split. Like, they don't, they never, like, fought in front of me. It was never, like, some drill and shit like that. Like, I guess it was, like, pretty clean. Like, definitely, like, a suburban type divorce like nothing traumatic definitely and um, then who continued to have children afterward um well my dad uh is my dad is remarried he married my stepmom shauna who was from who was from like la area originally she grew up in newport in newport beach um she grew up in newport she went to stanford and then moved oh, wow. to villanova to go to law school and then she met my dad working at their law firm the the law firm that they work at so shout um, out shauna Shout out Shauna. Yeah, actually, fun fact, she won the D1 national title with Stanford women's soccer. That's of, incredible. Of which she was the captain. How I old hope my you? mom's not listening to this. Love how, you, how, <laughs> how old? You can go on about your mom, too, but yeah, how old yeah. were you when uh, your dad remarried? Uh, 
Or like when they started dating, at least. They started dating like very soon after. Okay. Um, they probably got married. I honestly have no fucking clue. But yeah, my dad has my my younger half brother. My dad's side was born August twentieth, uh, two years ago, which happens to be my birthday. Mm-hmm. So I have a half brother who is exactly nineteen years to the day younger than me on my dad's side. And my dad also has a nu- yet another kid on the way. We love that. So yeah, he loves raising kids. He said it's like his favorite <laughs> thing. I was like, all right, he's more I mean, power he, to you. He's fifty two, and I was like, all right, more power to you. Yeah. All his friends and, bro- and brothers are like, you're crazy. Obviously, they're saying that to him, yeah. and he's like, I don't care. You guys are crazy. What do you think? I you're think, a little bit older. Uh, I mean, I've talked to him about it, and he was just like straight up. He was like, like raising kids was like the greatest joy of my adult life. Like raising you guys, and I was like, me and my brothers, because uh, he was like. He raised my older brother, Nick, from the time Nick was, like, five. That's when my parents got married. So, like, like Nick always called my dad dad growing up. And, like, we didn't even know that Nick was my half-brother, like, until we, like, we got a little bit older. Oh, that's interesting. So it, was, it was, like, a distinct conversation we had. Like, it, it got to the point where me and Ben were, I don't even know what age, but, like, we were, like, bro, Nick has, like, dark black hair. <laughs> and we are both look identical, like, blonde, toehead-type-looking kids. And I was always just, like, bro... <laughs> Something doesn't add like, up bro, here. Add up. And like, I remember the dates, like my dad was like talking about like what he was doing post law school. And I was like, this isn't lining up with when Nick was born. I was like, what is going on? Like, and then like, I never cared. Like I came to the decision. I was like, well, I don't give a fuck. I'm just my half brother. Yeah. This is me. Like I, c- I could have been eight. I could have been 12. When I was thinking this thought, I was like, he's my brother. I love him the same either way. It doesn't fucking matter. Of course. Like whatever, you know? So once I thought that thought, I was sort of like, well, whatever, like, this doesn't matter. And then a couple months later, my mom, like, sat me down with Nick and Ben, and she was like, well, Nick's your half-brother. And me and Ben were like, uh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> she was, like, all nervous to have the conversation. And we were, like, way too much older than we should have been. Like, she should have just told us, like, at the jump. I was like, what the fuck? That's hilarious. But it also must be a good sign that your your dad is having another kid because it must show that he's, like, really proud of you guys. Facts, yeah. Um, he, He's been through it. I mean, um... Yeah, he's having this. He's having a girl finally because four boys in a row. So my, crazy. My, me and Ben are both boys. Obviously, Nick is a boy, and my younger brother Van is like a year and a half. He's a boy. My dad wanted he wanted Van to be a girl, basically. So like after Ben, he was like, I want a girl. Just like he had three boys he's looking for that. I can't imagine. I, can't, mm-hmm. I, I, I obviously there's more than curiosity there, <laughs> <laughs> dude. And um, so yeah, my Sean is due July thirteenth. So that's. Big congratulations. Pretty crazy. I'm excited to see like some estrogen get thrown into the mix with the family. That'll Dude, be hilarious. Seriously, like like my Sean is jonesing for some, some estrogen around here. Bro, it's me, I completely my, it's believe me, Ben, that. and my dad. And she's like, oh my God. Like <laughs> and we're so used to being just like a like a unit, like because like we would go over to my dad's house. Um I was like split custody. So like okay. I would alternate weeks just like straight up. My dad's my dad lives in Fairfax. He used to. We just moved into uh where are we? Shellfont? Just moved into this place. Um, what was that kind of like? Because so my parents were split when I was younger, but it was a situation where my father like wasn't even available to be a part of the picture. Mm-hmm. So instead of like going back and forth, it was kind of like I was almost always with my mom, and then I would like randomly see my dad. Yeah. And it obviously, builds like a different relationship than the back and forth thing. I've heard so many horror stories about kids having to deal with the back and forth thing, and it's like so hard on them and the parents because things get left other places and the parents aren't talking and stuff like that but it sounds like um were your parents co-parenting you guys oh they were co-parenting to an extent like they definitely because i was 12 ben was nine especially like with ben like they needed to keep a close eye on him but um as i said like both my parents loved me very much it was a 
you know, like we worked, me and Ben like both played sports and like we're actually trying in, in school. It's like we couldn't leave a textbook somewhere. You know, I was taking a lot of heavy classes in high school, especially. And like it, it was extremely frustrating sometimes, but like nothing more than like base logistic, it, like frustration. Just like, oh, I left this here. Like mom thinks that we're coming over at six and we're actually not going to get there till eight. And it's just like all these like little stressors, like. My parents, like, they don't, like, they don't fight, but, like, I don't know. It's always just, like, they're not talking, and then, like, I'm talking for Ben. And Little like, man the parents it, is so annoying. Yeah, it, it ended up, like, I don't know, it definitely made me who I am, because, like, I'm the middle child. I was, mm. I'm always, like, kind of kind of gluing, cluing some shit together, not to give myself too much props, but I used to, like, talk for me and Ben, like, to my dad, my mom, like, explain what's going on, like, our feelings, like, and communicate between my parents, like, I don't know, just running that, um... And at that point, um, my older brother is a he's a recovered drug addict. At this point, he's got I think, honestly, it's really fucked up that I don't know the date off the top of my head. But I'm pretty sure he's coming up on like he's five plus years sober. That's incredible. Yeah, I didn't really even know about that. What was going on? So, how much older is he than you? He is seven years older than me, so he's 27. He has a beautiful, actually, very the fucking boy my little my little nephew Caden is the man he's the cutest little kid he's got a three-year-old yo what's up with the miller jeans pumping out boys bro, bro it's, it's that's crazy lit. that's what i'm saying bro we really like looking for some girl energy that's around hilarious here. Not, but, no cap so but, um, i can only imagine that was a bit of a stressor on your family uh going through all of that do you have any memories yeah, of that situation um, i don't really not to speak on your brother yeah not that, my, not that my parents like really like blame that for the divorce there's a lot of other shit going on like just no, 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 like, shit with them but like Nick, uh, he went to Brandywine. Uh, he started, like, he was never, like, a big pothead, but, like, he was always just kind of, like, a, I don't know, he was always sus bull, just doing some drawing shit, just like everybody else is. But, um, he started fucking around with prescription drugs early high school, like, sophomore year. Brandywine at the time, I'm sure if you talk to anyone that went there during the time, uh, my friend Jake Ballard's older brother has, has said the same thing. He wasn't, he wasn't a drug addict, but, like, I said at the time, Brandywine was just, like, fucked, like, so many people, like, using in school. Like, Nick wow. has told me shit, like, using in school. Like, tons of people selling prescription pills. Like, they had a new principal every year for, like, 10 years straight. Like, they could not figure that shit out. Honestly, I back right up to Brandywine, and you'd think it's the nicest neighborhood school. But, like, I've heard some horror stories. Like, Nick has, like, several friends that went to Brandywine that have overdosed and, like, died. Like, Nick Nick went to, he's been in and out of rehab probably six or seven times. I think the official figure was seven. He was really struggling for a time from like sophomore year up through uh he didn't end up going to college, barely graduated high school. Shout out my dad for uh writing a senior paper. Do you think that chill, you're roasting your brother at this point? No, nah, nah, you you, when you hear the second part of Nick's story, then <laughs> he'll take all the roasting. Okay. Because, good. Um, I I was gonna ask, do you yeah. think that this like uh uh reputation at Brandywine played a huge role in him getting into it? Like, do you think peer pressure played a huge role into it, or was it Dude. He had some own internal battles to deal with. He definitely had some internal battles. As I said, like, he never knew his dad. But oh, uh, yeah. he, he had, like, a proper dad in my dad, but uh, he never knew his dad. I haven't... Uh, that can be confusing. It can be definitely confusing. I've never honestly really talked to him about it, but, uh, you know, I, there's obviously some feelings there. And, you know, every every kid has their little emo shit that they're going through in high school, like... And he just found, like, a negative coping mechanism. Like, he always said, like, it would help him, like, talk to girls and, like, be social and shit, which I fucking don't understand mm-hmm. at all, but... People say that shit, you know. I like, just care less. It, you just care less. Like you're just like you feel good. You feel confident. You know, in, insert insert feeling here. Are you really. able to like learn anything from his experiences? Do you think, dude? Yeah, he's told me some shit. Um, not even close to all of his shit, but like, like picking up. And like once he started like really using, he was using for a while there. Um, he never got 
no idea how he never got arrested, but like driving in North Philly, Probably like because he's white. To, to he would like he was telling me how he used to like wear like beat up clothes and drive like our old pickup truck to North Philly, like to cop straight like drug drugs, like from sus bulls, like drug codes, like spin the block, like you got to do some shit, like to know like like where to get the drug, like what kind of like weird terms and shit they use, like on some fucking shit. Um, but yeah, like, I was more than scared straight by that, bro. That's what I mean. Way more than scared. My father straight. is over ten years clean, and like, although I haven't heard too many like graphic stories from his past, I'm very aware of a lot of the lessons that he learned. Facts. And I try to implement them a lot into my own life. Yeah. So I would, I can imagine that you would do the same. Especially, I honestly feel like with an older brother, it would probably resonate even more because he's yeah. a lot closer to you in age. Because yeah. there's a whole like, oh, you're my dad thing. Like, blah, yeah, blah, blah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So I hope that was a real positive thing. So. His high school experience was a little bit troubling, but how was your high school experience? How do you remember? The one thing I could definitely say about you, you already mentioned to yourself, is that I remember you as like a huge athlete, like doing yeah. sports every season um, and definitely very busy because also yeah. an academic prod. I won't call you a prodigy because I ain't going to suck on you uh, like that, but an academic successor, like facts. very smart. It's just that IB grind, bro. Deadass. I, I was the type to like, like smart enough to join IB, and then I would say even smarter to realize I didn't need to get my whole diploma. Did you Fast. get your whole diploma? No, nah, I, I went partial. Yeah, I debated the, the fuck out of that decision, bro. I was asking all kinds of people about what the fuck to do. I really think that was a good move, so I'm proud of you for making Fast. it, and I hope that you feel proud of that decision. But tell me a little bit about your high school experience. Uh, what do you remember, like, socially, and, and what do you just remember? Like, when you think back to high school, what sticks out to you the most? What sticks out the most? Honestly, senior year for me... Um, I was thinking about it, especially, like, looking at Ben, because, like, I'm comparing my high school experience always to what he's doing. Sure. You know, just, like, low-key. I'm not, like, obviously, compare, like, I see what he does. And I'm like, I didn't do that. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just just okay, seeing what he's doing. Like, just any little nuanced thing. And, like, my freshman, sophomore year, like, I played sports. But, like, and we, we would drink, but, like, only on, like, the weekends. Like, we would just go to the Clark's house and, like, just get, like, their parents would go to bed. We'd just get smacked in their basement, you know, just stand. I think a lot of people did that Dude, at that that's, age. no, they, that's super the normal. most standard procedure. Yeah, like, I agree. Like, slamming 40s or fireball was always the play. Uh, but, like, honestly, I didn't do shit when I was, like, early in high school. I, I didn't like smoking weed. <laughs> Anybody that went to Mount knows that they has seen me, like, pass out on the couch, like, way too high for some reason. Like, um, yeah, I didn't, like... Like, really smoke. And then junior year, like, I always cared a lot about my academics because, like, my dad really stressed that as being, like, my job almost, like, since I was a kid. And um, my parents were always pretty, like, loose with me as long as, like, I would get my job done. Like, if I was playing sports and if I was getting good grades then and I was getting drunk on the weekends, my dad had nothing to say about the booze. Mm. You know, he was like, I know what shitbird kids are like. I was a shitbird you're not as big of a shitbird as you could be as long as you keep getting your grades up. So that was honestly... a fair assessment. <laughs> that was, I mean, that's a pretty fair assessment. Um, I did well with the leash, you know, the extra breathing room. Had I, you know, started using prescription pills or blah, 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 <laughs> spiraled down any other pass, it, it would have been like, oh, that was stupid. You shouldn't have given your kid that much slack. But uh, Do you think that, like, uh, the way you were able to keep everything on your plate well-balanced, like... You just kind of mentioned it. it allowed you more freedom. Do you think it also enhanced like your relationship with your parents? Like, were you guys really open about things? Did you guys talk? Yeah. Um, like I said, I was just like drinking like on the weekends, just like anybody else, just casually like in early high school. But um, they, I guess we were open about shit. Like, less with my mom. Like in early high school, like I'd be like sneaking out, and like if I got caught drinking, like she would get like almost like looking back like fake mad. 
Mm. She would just be like, just mad that I was doing it, but like actually like knows that I'm not really doing anything wrong and like just kind of has to get mad at me. Setting the precedent. Exactly. Yeah, you have yeah, to yeah. like, you have to get upset at your kid if they're too drunk on the weekends and you're like, you're 15, you probably shouldn't be doing that. Definitely. Like, <laughs> well, that sounds but, um, my-, my pops was always mad open. I, I never lied to him. He's a lawyer. You literally can't lie to him. I swear. That's insane. He was a trial lawyer for 17 years. He will get it out of you. I swear. You think you can't get away with no, anything you, with him? You can't. You can't. You, that sounds you shouldn't try. Difficult. He'll pigeonhole up. you with questions in a way that like you don't even like know what's going on. But I also think in hindsight, when you think back to like lying to your parents as a kid, it's so obvious that you were lying. Oh my like, god! So I'm five obvious, years older bro. than my sister, and <laughs> I can just watch her, and like it's so funny. Like we'll all be in a room. My sister will come in. She'll just lie, and we'll all just be like okay and then she'll walk away and we'll all just be like so she just lied like, like what the hell just happened so that's hilarious but yeah, I imagine yeah, yeah. if my parent was a lawyer it would be even more complicated <laughs> yeah um, I didn't even try to play that shit with my dad honestly that's hilarious my mom always had this thing uh, in high school where it was like I had to do a sport after school because yeah. um, if I came home at 2.30 I would get into mischief do you think that was like a part of why you got into sports like from your parents or do you think you always had like a lot of energy you were trying to get rid of or something it was both I mean like when I was younger my parents always had me playing sports I didn't think about it <laughs> but when I got older like it really is like the an idol mine is the devil's playground so my mom always said you know everybody's fucking parents say that but like when Nick stopped playing sports like the he started doing drugs start getting high you, more. you know like, you don't have anything to do you get bored like you do fuck shit I was or, say, or you don't you know thing. but like some people you're more likely to my last year of lacrosse I quit because of like a terrible misfortune with our coaching staff. It was yeah, so fucking remember that. lame. I'll yeah. even name drop this dude, Mark <laughs> He's a fucking bitch. Um, I don't like that guy. He's rude. That's... He's disrespectful to kids. Yeah. And I don't vibe with him. <laughs> name dropping on the podcast. Name I love guy. it. I don't usually do that, but fuck that guy. <laughs> and he used to go by like something lion. I forget. He had like a reggae band no. too. But anyway, so I left he, like He made up some nickname for you guys to call him? No, no. He was in a reggae band. Oh. Reggae rock band. Oh, that's super weird. And he was, his name was like, Lion powder. Oh. Fuck that guy. Alter ego. But anyway, uh, I left the season and, and like immediately, as soon as I was done school, I would just like go get high with my friends, like smoke yeah. weed. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because I'm not, it's 2.30 and it's like <laughs> middle of the day Facts. and there's nothing else to do when you're 18 years old. I probably should have got a job. <laughs> either, do your, either do your homework, get a job, fall asleep or get fucking high. Literally. Um, <laughs> so what, what was your experience like in the IB program? Because I've been talking to a lot of people about this recently and in... You know, now that they're like out of high school, they kind of realized that it wasn't as difficult as they had thought, and maybe they could have put a little more effort in. But you did really well. Um, do you think it like benefited you to take those excelled classes? Uh, and, like, like, how so? like yeah, I'll say two things. Like the there's what it made my schedule look like I was doing, and then like it's what I actually learned doing it. Like I always I always drop Smith's class. Like I be history of the americas was not as hard as like ap euro or ap mm-hmm. ap us like it was straight not but on the on the sheet on the sheet of paper it looked like it is and so my schedule looked way harder than it was some of the time but then other classes like honestly the teachers at mount weren't the weren't really the best i'm trying to think like my ap lit teacher miss bukowski like i really learned a lot in that class like definitely taking advanced classes like And, like, focusing and actually trying to learn something instead of, like, getting good grades. Like, once you get in a good habit of, like, taking a hard class, like, busting your ass and just, like, doing the work at the beginning and, like, actually learning it, then, like, I I found that to be extremely rewarding, honestly. The main thing I took away from, or, like, when I think about it in high school is, like, I can't remember anything I read out of a textbook, honestly. Facts. I did learn, like, 
how to maintain my schedule better, which I think is what you're touching on. And I also learned like the importance of like becoming friendly with your professors. Like that's yeah, something I definitely. still carry with yeah. me into college now. I see a lot of people, they just show up to lecture and then they leave. I feel like yeah. that's way less beneficial than like building a relationship with someone. Yeah. And I know for a fact that you are like a very social creature. Facts. I love fucking with teachers. Yeah. What can, what can you attest to like why you're so social or like how being so social has benefited you throughout your life? Because I think it's like a, a massive part of your character. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was not the most social guy, but it's less... I feel like being social and more just like like getting rid of what I would call the thick film that normally like wraps a conversation. Like you see somebody and like you see a teacher and like you can walk into like that student teacher relationship and like you sort of make it. You could be like if you start acting all like scared and like just being conservative and like just saying like short statements to your teacher and like not opening up like your personality just right on the first day, then like you just like, sort of, we'll have, like, that very structured relationship. We'll talk about the same things, but, like, <laughs> it's honestly my mom. Like, she's the most social person ever. Like, she'll talk to anybody. She'll get, she'll come home from the supermarket every day with the life story of every cashier. Like, that's her. Mm -hmm. And so that's me, that's me too. Like, I'll walk in and, like, I'm just, like, I don't want to conceal my personality at all. And I hate when I feel like subjects are taboo with people, especially, like, a teacher. Like, if I come in and, like, I'm just like busting jokes and I'm like self-deprecating and I'm just being sarcastic, but I'm like, I'm just like cracking jokes and just like, just trying to have a good time and like trying to laugh, but also like not scared about like actually just having a close relationship with someone that like, otherwise you could just walk in, say hi, then be bye. Because like, if you don't want the quote stress of like trying to maintain a relationship, I don't know. Do you carry that into your like everyday social life? Like, I, the same kind of vibe? Because I feel like it does apply with regular humans. Like, you could just see yeah. a person walking by and just, like, you could ignore them and nothing would... You you could totally yeah, ignore them. Come, but uh, I, I try and keep it in the front of my head as much as I can. <laughs> it's it's a lesson <laughs> I, I like to say that I learned working in a mail room last year. Mm. Last year I was working in various mail rooms of various law firms on Market Street in Philly. Nobody is jealous of you for that. And so I'm pushing a mail cart around, like like quote, Cozen, like, a 700-lawyer law firm, I don't know shit about, really, except that they're big as fuck and they do a lot of important shit. I'm walking around and, like, just, like, observing office culture and just, like, the very structured conversations that people would have. Like, you could talk about work, your kids, or vacation, and, like, nobody would ever just, like, say something that was, like, mildly contentious, even being, like, yo, like, what are you about to do, like, right when you get out of here? Like, or just, like, saying something, like, very casual, like, I don't know. It's, I think it's less a social thing and more just, like, being as casual as possible, like, all the time. I think that the way you illustrated it is perfect. I think before you even explained how people were talking to each other, they could already tell, like, yeah. me listening to you, I could tell exactly what you were about to say. Yeah. I, I think it's actually interesting. It just made me think about how, like, the environment plays a pretty big role mm -hmm. on the way people are social with each other. Totally, totally. Like, uh... An office know, space. Exactly, like, versus, like, a music festival. Facts. Where there's, like infinite possibilities and things to talk to and or sorry things to talk about and people to talk to and yeah. stuff like that it's Definitely. really interesting do you do you think that you realized that experience that you don't want to work in an office or is it something you're still open to well honestly what i've learned is that people hate on offices but they're all mad different like i was basically like the flex male male fucker so i would be in there and they were like okay we need you at this law firm so i'd go like do random shit there and then i would like be somewhere else the next week like, because it was, like, a summer thing, so, like, they just needed, like, extra help during the summer. 
And so I would actually go between different offices of like totally different offices right across the street to like the next law firm or up a couple floors to a different law firm in the skyscraper or whatever the fuck. And it would be totally different. Like people are, some receptionists are like mad friendly because I deliver their mail every day. Like I got to know a couple of them. Some of them are mad friendly. Like there was this, <laughs> this one woman, I can't remember her name. It's killing me, but she was mad funny. We were always talking about some shit. And then like you go to the next office and everybody would be like, shirt buttoned all the way up like really tight all like nervous like everybody says sorry when they walk past you every time excuse me and it's just like i would just like look at them and be like bro you didn't inconvenience me at all like what's up man <laughs> <laughs> what what do you think determines uh the vibe of the office because i'm i don't know it, it's it's a lot like i feel like management uh the best example is like at my i work uh at the alumni center at school and my boss is this like mad friendly mad progressive, super nice guy named Zach. He's an SDSU grad. He's, like, 28. Everybody in the office is just, like, mad nice. And, like, it's not like people aren't doing their work and they're not, like, trying to engage me in extended conversations all the fucking time. But, like, it's just, like, chill. Like, it's just, like, chill people. It's more like, comfortable. It's more comfortable. It's something about the pace of the work, the, ex- the, like, expectations of the people that you're doing the work for. Like, if you have, like, a really rich client who's, like, busting your ass all the time, then, like, you've got to bust the ass of everyone around you. But, like, if you're in, like, an industry that's, like, more slow-moving and isn't, like, you could get it done today, but you can kind of get it done tomorrow, and, like, we just got to get it done by next week, and, like, we sort of are here longer than we have to be. Most office jobs are like that. You're not working all eight hours, like, sort of, like, fucking off half the time, or, like, people don't fucking work that hard. Like, when you get to, like, a slow-moving office, like, as opposed to, like, a law firm, like, or, like, a slower law firm, bro, like, office culture is fucking hilarious honestly have you been able to like take anything away about the leadership because you just said like do you think the biggest uh thing that influences the like comfortability of a workplace is the person in charge it's like the i don't even know like the the, definitely the boss sets the tone like because i just imagine like if i was like in charge of a group of people like that were working for me like i would be cracking mad jokes the whole time like yeah and I i worked for my uncle he owns a plumbing company like they were busting balls the whole time, like, some of the time. Like, but when they get, like, my one uncle would get pissed off. My other uncle was always, like, trying to crack a joke. And Do you think that's helpful? Or? I, th- I think that it is helpful. Like, yeah. what is the point of being pissed off at work all day and, like, locking yourself in, like, these small conversations? Like, because if you actually have, like, a, a slightly more positive work environment for years and years of working, like, makes a huge difference. I completely agree. Like, in this one law office, there's this one fucking douchebag top-notch lawyer that worked in this one corner fat-ass fucking corner office in this big-ass skyscraper dumb fucking view so sick and he was always bitching at his receptionist like i was actually like almost taken aback one time just like a grown woman and a grown man and a grown man he's like 60 she's like 45 yeah and he was like mad he was tight mad about like some dumb shit i don't even have any idea what it is at this point and I was just like, she sits with four other receptionists right next to her. And I was like, bro, like, I would be silent the rest of the day after that, bro. Like, like he embarrassed her. He embarrassed her. And I was there, bro. The male kid was there. Yeah, yeah. And like, I was like low-key eavesdropping around the corner after I passed them. Because I was like, holy shit, what's going on? Like, That's insane. I, it's, it's crazy, No, bro. I think that's a huge, important thing to notice. Like, something I've actually learned a lot about even the podcast is like, 
the energy you put into a room will reflect onto other people. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. You know what I'm man. saying? Like, yeah. And that's a real life. And a lot of people, I'm not like trying to fucking toot my yeah. horn or anything, yeah, but yeah, a lot yeah. of people are not super in touch with like the energy in a room. Facts. I think it's a hugely important thing. And I think like if you are aware of it, try to like be as helpful to everyone yeah. around you as possible. Because like imagine that lady's walking down the street later and somebody just is like waves at her and smiles at her. Like that yeah. would improve her day Facts. immensely, you totally. know, like spread the positivity. It changes like the tone of what you think everybody's looks are around you. Like if you see someone in the street and like someone waves at you, then you're like every person you see after that, you like interpret the look on their face as being like more positive. Almost. I think that's absolutely Like you're true. projecting like how you feel on the inside, like against your environment around you in a very weird way sometimes. And I'm all about fucking removing negativity. I was just talking Facts, to somebody bro. last Big night. Negativity. And, uh, I said like something, something, something. Oh, I hate that. And I was like, actually, no, I, I don't hate that. I just don't like that. And, and he was <laughs> like, bro, you can say hate because it's not a person. Like you're not hurting anybody's feelings. And I was like, no, it's not about that. It's about putting hate into the world. Like yeah. I don't need to just be like putting negative energy out. Like yeah. I just didn't like that. You know, I don't appreciate yeah, it. You don't like really like despise it as much as you like make it out to yeah, be. Like, like enough that it's going to now negatively impact facts. my energy. Like if you you're hate, hating something. You hate Marcunye. I do. And if you're hating something. But no, that you got to save it for something. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves it, bro. <laughs> I'll tell the fucking story. This dude, I'll let's make it go, quick because it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant, but I'll make it quick. We were at lacrosse. Team manager finds a lacrosse hoodie that's from many years ago. It has my number on it. She brings it to me. She's like, hey, I found this. You would probably really like this. And I was like, you know what? I would really like that. Thank you. I take it. Nice. I give it to my girlfriend as a gift. That's what oh, you wow. do in high school. Yeah, that's what you do. That's what you fucking do. She wants like, to oh, smell I got, you. Yeah, you got my letter, you know, yeah. or my number rather. Yeah. And then Marcunye yeah, finds baby. me a couple days later, fucking Marcunye, and he's like, I heard that you received something that doesn't belong to you. It's school property. And I was like, what, bro? And he was like, uh, I heard that the lacrosse manager gave you a hoodie, but that's school property. Like, that belongs to the school and that belongs to me. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And he was like, I'm going to need you to give that to me. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I gave it to my girlfriend, blah, blah. I expected him to be like, oh, it's whatever. He was like, can you get it back from her? <laughs> yeah. Can you no. get it back from your girlfriend to give it to me? Yeah, go take to give to my daughter. Go take the shirt That's off of her said. back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. To give to his daughter. No, so ever since then, he's crazy. a scumbag. Yeah. He's definitely a scummer. He's a scumbag person. Uh, sorry I to roast you, Marcunier, but also you're a scumbag. Hopefully you learn from that. Um, we haven't had a chance to mention already, but... Uh, because we've kind of talked about what you did literally, but your passion is uh, leaning towards like business and finance, right? Yeah. What attracted you to get into that field? Because that's something that like personally, I'm not like super interested yeah. in. Like I consider yeah. myself a minor entrepreneur, yeah. but studying finance and business, like I'd rather pay somebody. So yeah. tell me how you got into that. It's funny. Um, people people like look, I feel like people look at like econ and finance sometimes, especially finance because it's like more mathy. Definitely. They look at it like it's fucking like chemistry or something. Because, like, when I see chemistry or, like, some, like, real fucking science, like, talking about some, like, bonds and angles of the bonds and shit, that's actually some hard stuff. But, like, econ and finance is written in plain English. Um, I don't know. I really had an early interest in it. I think it was, I think it had, I, this could be my mind totally making this up retroactively, but in some way it was related to the 08 crisis. It had to have been. Okay. Because I, I was, I'm thinking, I was nine when that happened. I'd be lying if I said I was super familiar with what you're talking about. The the recession in 08, like just a big financial fuckery that was completely avoidable. Um, you think you noticed that? Well, here's what I'm about to say. Um, the thing was, like, housing prices were super inflated at the time, like more than they should have been. So, like, people are taking out home equity lines and basically, like, their house price is increasing, like, rapidly, rapidly. And so if you buy a house, like... 
you can basically just like hold on to it. And then next year it'll be like during that time period, housing prices were going up so fast that like you could take a, buy a house. It'll go up a hundred grand. You take out a hundred grand home equity line from your house. You go buy fucking another house or you go like spend your money and you go consume shit. You do whatever the fuck you want to do. Basically, my dad was like working for the government as a trial lawyer, making like they don't make a crazy amount of money. Like he was like making six figures, but like like seriously, like not much more probably. Like like you could probably find he worked for the fucking uh, the attorney general's office. Like you could probably find their salaries online. Like they're government workers. Um, and we owned our house in South Grayland. He also somehow owned a house. In we like we we rented we owned a house in Brigantine, which is like just south of LBI, and also we would rent that house out all year, and then we had another house that we would rent out all year. So like we were bakes like scraping past the mortgage with the rent, and then so we could go down the beach for like like five or six weeks during the summer. Wow! And the thing is, now that knowing what I know about like how much money it takes to like fucking buy a house and like to live to live yeah to live and to like. All, all that shit, bro. How much money it takes to actually be able to own a second home. And, like, my mom was busting her ass, like, renting it out all year. Like, we were by no means, like, rich. But looking back on that salary, you sh- my dad should not have even, like, been granted the loan to take those houses out. Like, he shouldn't have been able to afford that. And there was, like, a collapse in credit standards. Like, people were handing out loans, like, that they weren't, like, n- banks were not checking the credit as hard as they should have of the person that they were giving loans to. Mm-hmm. So it was like running amok and then fucking housing prices plummet. People can only afford their house because housing prices keep increasing. And then it crashed and my dad basically lost a ton of money in real estate value. And then we had to sell the houses. Is this something that you guys are openly speaking about? Like while you were in high school? Well, I mean, we like knew it was no, no, no. I fig- I figured this all out in terms of like the economics of it. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. Afterwards. That's pretty intelligent. No, no, no. I f- he like it, it's a. I'm not gonna say it's like beyond what he understands, but like the grand scheme of what was going on in the economy was affording us that ability that otherwise would not have happened. And, and then it looking, went away. What? And then it went away. And then it, and then it went away exactly. Yeah. Like once things reverted back to normal and housing prices fucking dropped. Um. He lost a ton of money. Like, we were like, okay, and like, we're good and all, but we don't got no beach house no more. So, you think that like family trouble inspired you? Just like, I remember losing our beach house. Like, it's not like we were down there. Like, I got way more time at the beach than like the average person. Like, I was mad blessed. Like, I spent so much time at the beach. It was so fucking dope when I was a kid. Um, but shit, I you lost your totally, house. Totally lost my train of you thought. You lost your house, and it and upset I, you. I, I and sort therefore, of just, you like, thought you could solve the in problem. In middle school, like I did this project on the stock market. I swear to God, for Mister Fox, that trifold I know shit. Him. He's a cool guy. He's actually a. I don't like Mister Fox. That's fair. Um, I don't like Mister Fox very much. And we did this project, and I did it on the stock market. I I, I feel like it had to been related, and then I low key became like I would just like watch like. CNBC when I was like in middle school and shit and I was like thinking back I have no idea what I was doing because like I did not know what was going on that's what I'm saying like, on the TV and then when I got to high school I started like you just do shit ton of projects and I always did my projects on the stock market the 08 crash and like too big to fail like banks like like banks getting bailed out basically because I was like what the fuck is going on yeah and so I just amassed a bunch of knowledge about it like just through doing projects on it in high school, then I was like, I took AP Econ junior year, AP Macro, and I was like, well, fuck. Like, this makes total sense. Like, with my way of thinking, 
I'm, I'm, I'm very like fundamentalist sort of, I would describe myself as. Sure. And it's like a, it's like a straight discipline. Like it's very principle based and it is like, it's like a, it's a mix of like econ, like quantitative, like numbers and like calculating shit, but it's also like has a historical narrative to it. And it just really fits with my way of thinking. So, so do you have like a problem with the establishment? I really, I have more problems with the establishment than anyone else. Okay. Like more like fundamental issues. Do you think uh, that you getting into business and finance will help you take down the establishment from the inside? uh, Yes. My, my, my grand plan, my grand plan is to amass an institutional size of wealth, like a, like a, like a financial institution, but it's just a socialist amount of money, like a super (laughs) capitalist amount of money and just start fucking tearing everything up. Like, imagine, like, a, just a rich person that, like, like actually didn't, like, care about their money. Like, you set aside, like, however, $1 million, like, you're just chilling, and then you could just go bust up the fucking powers that be. Because anybody will fucking sell for money, bro. Like, there's, there's someone lobbying to fucking increase oil drilling. I'm on the other side, just, like, fucking them over, like, just lobbying, just, fu- like, to save the Antarctic. Here's my thought. Like, is that, like, th- that's, that's my fantasy, is I have enough money to fight large corporations. I absolutely love it, and I, I, I dream that you will, like, reach that goal. I can't imagine how fucking hilarious that would be. My thought process is, like, there's already a lot of overly wealthy people that, that could be doing this. That's what I'm saying. And nobody is. That's what I'm so saying. So do you think that bro. your perspective could change as you become more wealthy? Yes, I think I am <laughs> I will be the first millionaire to to do what everybody else wants to do. <laughs> so no, but that, no what I'm saying is like all these that, guys get rich and then they 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 join the establishment. That's what I'm yeah, but like you don't I think can't do that? say that I'm not going to do that until I've gotten there and I haven't <laughs> yeah. done it. <laughs> I know, I know. It's yeah, super I'm all meta, broke now. I'm going to tear down the establishment. That's what I was just thinking about. Yeah, dude. Nah. <laughs> wealthy people work together, bro. Like wealthy people work together. Jeff but Bezos has enough money to buy out everything. Dude, we could have solved world hunger a long time ago, man. So long ago, long but nobody does. Nobody you know does. I don't know why. Exactly. Maybe right, we're mil- just broken, co- stupid, bro. Maybe we're just broken, <laughs> fucking stupid, dog. Dead ass. Because am Dead I gonna ass. theoretically become a billionaire and be like, oh fuck, shit, like. Wait, I can't, I'm not fixing all this shit. Yeah. Fuck this, bro. Fuck these people. <laughs> it's a really interesting perspective. Like, because, I, like, I'm thinking about it, like, it that way. A couple mil, like, you can't really, like, make a big dent. But theoretically, if you have a billion dollars, you can, like, like, so many industries, like, will sell out their soul yeah. for a couple mil. And, like, you can make just so much fucking bullshit happen, I, I bet. You can I'm, make a I, huge lot of positive change. A huge lot of positive change, yeah. No, I, I think that's uh, like, like, very accurate. I mean, I'm the umpteenth person to, to, to say that in their lives. I'm sure I'm going to get a billion dollars and I'm going to solve world hunger. But, but I think I think like I think it's a really good goal. And I think so far you have shown that you like are really passionate about it. And yeah. I think that's like a huge step in the right direction. People are jackasses, man. Like, fucking I hate this system, bro. The yeah. man sucks. Like you, got, you were just pointing out to me your ironic Trump poster. Yeah. And, and like, you know, our this goes back to the leadership conversation, man. Like. Our leadership is poor right now. It's weak, it's mad And weak. I think that that sends a poor message to people with money and people with power. Yeah. And I think that Dude, like, it stems, what's it, uh, stems down to our everyday people. It does. Because I, I, I was just talking to Carson about this earlier. Like, Obviously, anti-Trump fool over here. I have a, I have a Trump calendar full of like, like funny quotes that he said that I, I get a great deal of joy out of. Anyway, I was thinking, like, like the office of the presidency uh, commands a l- massive amount of respect, more than any office in the world. And there are a contingent of Americans that will basically listen to whatever the president of the United States says. Mm-hmm. 
which especially is Republicans, ridiculous. which is ridiculous. Yes, but but people are stupid and they need to get taken care of by their government. Yeah. And if the highest office in the nation is saying something, who is some dumbass motherfucker in Kansas to disagree? Mm. Trump's not wearing a mask. Why would I wear a mask? That's the best example of it. Yeah, it's a that's a huge current example of it. It's yeah, it's, it's like. <sighs> If we wanted to get into that, yeah, we, we could. could get, we, yeah, we could real literally, quick. I'm literally yeah, like steaming. Yeah, X is exhaling over here, man. Because <laughs> I'm just thinking like, bro, he Breathing says fire. really outlandish things. He sure and does. It's Stoked something that I discredit our country. Is like I always think like, oh, I'm smart. The people around me are smart. Like we can see through this facade. But not everybody in our country is like that. And uh, I do think when you have a leader saying negative things about race and health and economics you just harmful. you just hear it and you just be like yeah, yeah he's right dude he's the, right. it's it's really fucked man it's like it's, it's like a fucking puppet show it's like yes. he's dangling one thing over here saying oh look at this look at oh fuck the economy the stock market's at record high and you know all these fucking antifas over here and you know fucking up the protests meanwhile everything else is going on backstage on the other side where nobody's looking and the it's federal always a reserve, fucking distraction. And, and, and fucking poor people are getting disenfranchised and rich people are getting richer. Always. No, like, actually, but like f- at an increasing rate of the over the last couple of years and actually since coronavirus has happened is f- happening faster than it has ever happened. It's the fastest wealth transfer in history. Oh, it's like in the, a negative or positive in a negative way. Like oh. the gap, like the, the gap widening yeah. is actually it's actually widening at an increasing rate. Like it, it's not slowing down. It's getting worse. Yeah, I'm ignorant to that. And I think if I heard that, well, now that I know it, I'm sad about it. Uh, and like, you know, like, look at us in right here, bro. Like, We're I've been lucky. taking this time to fucking like learn how to do shit. Like I learned how to skate switch and I'm just, I'm working from home and my mom's working from home. So is my dad and we all have a job. But I'm happy. Po- the, the more poor you are and if you're a person of color, it just affects you worse. I sw- the more poor you are, so the worse bad. anything is for you, but this is way worse than anything else. If you have no money, you therefore have no money to get more money. Facts. And it, 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 Easiest way to fucking make money is to have money, bro. I know. <laughs> what a yeah. fucked up world. And then is by this- the time you have money, you're old as fuck and you can't make any more money. <laughs> Can you speak to this being like an international problem or is this like a U.S. issue? Oh, what, the wealth inequality? Yeah. Uh, the U.S. actually, among civilized nations, has like probably the largest wealth inequality. I believe that we have the wealth. Like, if you look at a, it's it's a big poli sci thing. They call the Gini coefficient. It's basically just like a simple measure of like wealth inequality. And the U.S. like, if you look at the heat map, like Europe is like, like socialism looking, and we look like like closer to like, like the Congo. We're like more red, like like right hand. Right. Um, it just speaks to our like whole fucking slanted political system. Like a socialist here is like someone who's in the middle of like the global, you know, the global left to right. I something if you want to talk on that, I mean, I just have a sentence to say yeah. about it. Is like I think it's very upsetting that you are no longer allowed to like have opinions on both sides of the table. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you claim to be a liberal and you have even one remotely non-liberal non-liberal opinion. It's like nobody fucks with yeah. you now. Like oh, you were with us. It's very but polarized, now you're with them. Bro. Yeah. yeah, it's very polarized. Polarized us versus them. It's very personal. Toxicity. Very personal. It's so many words. Um, but yo, we should. If we're gonna take a break, we should take it now. Yeah, we should. Let's get. Fried. I'm with that. Um, I definitely have more to talk about, like lots more. But I gotta pee, yeah. and then I have to pee too. Take a little break. I will go back. Yeah, we'll get we'll get back to some politics on the fried wave. No, we will not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. La, 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 la.
One thing that we do have massively in common, uh, me slightly delayed, slightly more delayed than you, is that we moved to California after we graduated high school, yes, which sir. is beautiful. And I'm desperately missing it right now. I've been home for a few months. Uh, you as well. I got back like mid-March. You said you too? Yeah, same. Um, and I think about California all the time. Sure and I also that. think like I've attached myself emotionally to it because it's like a place where I started to establish some independence and because yeah. um, you go so far away. And I know that you also move very far away. And I'm wondering like what your experience has been living in California away from the family. And that's pretty much it. Like tell me how California is for you. I absolutely love it. I know you do too. Uh, Yeah, California is the fucking shit it feels like feels like it does outside today 75 and sunny every day bro i'm in la and you're in san diego facts yeah i'm uh i'm in san diego san diego state for those who may not know do you think you've had to develop more responsibility now that you're at home or now that you're away from home yeah definitely um definitely living on campus this year the biggest change honestly freshman year like i was sort of used to moving around with my parents and shit so like I don't know, I wasn't, like, crazy homesick, and I was, like, pretty hyped to be in California. So much fucking shit to do. I was just, like, bad. Like, it's I was just, like, so busy. I was just, like, running shit. Like, pledging was mad funny. It was my first semester with Jake, bro. It was too funny. Speaking of SDSU, like, I came down one time, and that was, like, one of the most amazing trips. It was my first time in San Diego. Young Bull, young bull Miller got to tour me around. <laughs> and uh, I just really enjoyed, like, we did everything that a person should do if they're going to California for the day. Like we went, yeah, we did. That was that was actually we made a solid day trip out of that. It was really amazing. We we drove around. Fortunately, I just got a new car, flex, Facts, Toyota was, Corolla. Finally, hey, one of us practical. has a car out there. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ! Finally, so I came down and we drove it all around. We went to like uh, the coast, which is like Black's unforgettable. Beach, yeah, the, the glider port, man. That's the fucking best. Bro, oh, you're like if you're ever in San Diego, you gotta you gotta go to the glider port. It's right next to UCSD's campus, bro. It's so pretty. So pretty. Black Feet hanging over the cliffs, yeah. eyes out over the ocean. Like, we're just chilling, smoking on legal marijuana that we were able to go purchase because it's California. It's, like, so comfortable. Nobody's going to say no anything No anxiety to you. is mad. No. So just we went to the city. Everybody minds their own damn business. City of SD is beautiful. Super, Facts. like, low-key city. Um, yeah, we went to, uh, I'm pretty sure we went to, I think it's called Seaport. That little, like, it was, like, in the city. For that sounds good, right. Like, pretty close. Walked around, like, the edge of gas lamp. That was pretty dope. And the campus there is beautiful. Facts. Um, SDSU's campus goes hard. Yeah. Vegetation, top-notch, honestly. And views. <laughs> Facts, yeah. It's, it's a very, there's Crazy. a lot of different elevations. Like, it's skating on the campus is so fucking fun. I miss Like, it's, like, tons campus. of, like, ups and downs, bro. Mad hills. I used to longboard around, like, Rowan's campus. My, um, my freshman year roommate br- broke his collarbone bombing the uh, hill in front of Hebner Hall, like, on the second day of school. It was mad funny. <laughs> Yo, fuck Henry. Uh... <laughs> Small little story. He tried to. He basically tried to move in with me and Jake afterwards. And uh, after I moved out, he tried to, like follow me. We told him we didn't want to live with him, and he like cried. It was probably the most awkward experience of my whole life. Jeez, you're just gonna drop his whole thing. Like, yeah, no, wow. uh, fuck Henry. Yeah, thanks. I've had some horror roommate stories. You don't even know. When I lived in a townhouse, there's like two bedrooms on each floor, and I had a room across from mine, and. Mm-hmm. Three different times we'd have somebody move in and leave before the semester ended. Not because of us at all. One kid was like a gamer and he found like a cheaper house, but he was always in there like screaming the N-word and screaming all this racist shit while he would play. It was like, bro, what the hell? And the next dude was this like massive Cod Ukrainian drugs. man. And he would like smoke cigarettes in his room and wow. shit. He was like 25, 26. That's, that's- it was such a weird, ass, <laughs> like crazy situation. But uh, they were always chill. <laughs> uh, so, but when I did come to visit, we had these they really- Beautiful philosophical conversations that I will never forget. You were telling me about how you had gotten into like journaling and, and meditating. 
and this yeah. concept of deliberateness, yeah. which is like really, it's just so powerful, I think, to like pay attention to like what is important to you. And so I would love for you to like kind of speak a little bit about on the way you've been positively influencing your life with those yeah. activities. I'll get some positive vibes going. Um, yeah. Emphasis on Yeah, honestly, <laughs> going back to the mail room, um, I was working in the mail room. I was just honestly, like, I had come off a bad semester, and I was just, like, having, like, an unhealthy lifestyle, and I was commuting to Philly every day and, like, just working this fucking dumbass mail room with all these douchebags in the office, and um, I was just, like, not in a good headspace. I, I'm not going to, like, go ahead and like, say I was depressed or anything, but I was definitely in, like, a a fucked period. The word depressed can be applied to feeling sadness. Yeah, I, I know. It's unfortunate I just, the way that I don't want to self-diagnose out here. <laughs> exactly, but um, no, but it's important to distinct anyway. Sorry. Um, yeah, I just like felt like shit. I was like, damn, I was like, and then my car broke down, and like I didn't want to work the job. Like I had made enough money to like survive for the next semester. I was like, fuck this. My car breaks down, so I couldn't get to the train station anymore. I was like, fuck this. I quit, and um, I basically was like sitting at home. And, like, I quit, like, mid-July, and I was just, like, sitting at home, like, waking up, like, getting high as shit and fucking off. And then I was, sorry for all the expletives. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> chill out, bro. <laughs> but then you were looking for a positive change. Um, and I was looking for a positive change, and so my parents both did yoga, but, like, they never, like, pushed it on me or, like, really talked about it, and, like, they kind of did it, like, casually. And everybody, like... You know, everybody's, like, yoga is the most calming thing you can do. Athletes do yoga. You know, everybody, like, talks about it. Like, you know, it's the stereotypical, like, oh, like, he's doing yoga. Like, how zen he is. And I was like, there must be something to this. Like, oh, let me try it. So I basically grabbed my mom's yoga mat and started watching, or, yeah, I can't remember. Actually, it was here, yeah, right at my dad's house. I started watching just YouTube videos. I there's look, infinite I looked yoga up videos on YouTube. Yeah. There's infinite anything on YouTube, Fair especially enough, yeah. yoga, free videos. And I was like, looked up like yoga vinyasa flow or whatever the fuck. And then I started doing yoga and like it meditation sort of like came out of that. I don't really meditate, but I do journal a lot. And so like I started like when I started feeling like shit, I would just like do yoga and then like to get like physical exercise and like something about the breathing of it like actually definitely calms you down like the the way you move and breathe at the same time is like therapeutic in a in a weird way 100 percent. focusing like more, on your like, breath will more change so your life. than like going for a run or like lifting like even like lifting weights like it, there's a it's like not the same release but like it's more like mindful and it becomes like more you like kind of are able to look like inward a little bit and like quiet yourself down and then I just like I was my mind was running and I was just like damn like so I started journaling actually at the mail room because I was standing around with nothing to do so I was standing in the mail room like when I didn't have anything to do I was just typing in my notes just like what I was thinking because I was like I just like can't stand here anymore and do nothing and I was just like just felt like shit all day I was like might, might as well write this down because I kept having like getting high everybody does this get high have like a self realization wake up the next day forget it and then like keep being a shit bird. And I was basically, like, got sick of that. Started writing down my thoughts, like, just very casually. Like, only when I, like, when I was, like, ah, like, I feel like shit right now. Or, like, I was getting in my own head. I would just, like, write it down. And then, like, I wouldn't have to think about it anymore. And sort of, like, that combined with the yoga, like, really, I don't know. It makes, it's very therapeutic. What were you writing, do you think? Like, it sounds like reflective things, but were they, like. Honestly, it's a mix, like. Um, 
it's also like I'm very nostalgic and like I like to like know what my thoughts were like when I was younger. But I was really just like getting my thoughts down on paper. Sometimes it's just like me like typing what I did that day, just like just like my mind's running and I'm just like thinking about something or like sometimes I'll have like a thought about something and I'll be like, damn, I need to write that down and like I'll just like ramble to myself in it. You know, I take voice I don't, recordings. I don't, I don't have any form. There's no form to it, really. Like every, every all the entries kind of like look different. I feel the same. Like I'm also obsessed with like data collection of myself. Yeah, and and also reflection. I think it's like hugely important. And so I'll like do voice recordings. It, it for me, it's yeah, usually like if that. I'm in like a honestly, if I'm in like a salty mood. Yeah, that's usually what happens. Like I feel like kind of low, and I'm not really sure like who to talk to or really honestly what to say. So I'll just like pull out my phone. And I'll just like record myself talking. Honestly, I almost never go back to them, but it just feels good to like say stuff out loud. Yeah. For me, I'm a very like That's uh, funny. That's like a totally like, it's like person. the same thing, but it's like a little bit different. Yeah. I think it's really important to like have those like yeah. I don't know. It's it's good to to express yourself. Yeah. I do get anxious about not like properly like sounding how I want to sound cuz when I'm writing it, like that does piss me off a little bit cuz like, like, like the verbiage. Like the verbiage exactly. I'm getting caught up I'm like, "Oh, like but I read this afterwards, and then I'm like, well, shit. Like, then I start thinking like differently about how I used to think, and I'm just like, oh, shit. But the voice recording thing is That's actually meta. pretty dope. Because, uh, like, if you're just like riffing to yourself, like, you're just totally like using your own slang and stuff. Like, uh, I definitely talk to myself like in real life. So, yeah. <laughs> so putting a microphone in there like makes it a little less weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that's dope. And then uh, we were just outside having a conversation. You were talking about deliberateness. Yeah. And it's like a huge focus of yours now. Yeah, definitely. Explain to me a little bit more about like what that means and how it's like positively impacted you. Yeah. So all this shit started like, you know, when I can't separate the yoga and like not feeling like shit and journaling from like starting to like, I started to like try harder in school like the next semester. And I was just like, yeah, I like, need to get my shit together because I realized that doing bad in school was, I was like, I was like, oh, like, I'm a freshman. Like, I just need to have a good time. Like, it's not about school right now. And I was just, like, trying to have a good time. But, like, it was low-key making me feel like shit because I wasn't doing good in school. I was just, like, procrastinating a bunch and just being an idiot. And, and afterwards, I was like, that's not me. Like, I, 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 I get a lot of satisfaction out of doing well in school. And, like, I was like, that's a part of me. And I need to, like, stop ignoring it. And... In the fall, I didn't do great. I just, like, I fucked up in this one class. But this spring, recently, I read this book. My dad made me read this book. So he just recommended it to me because, like, my grades were shit. And, like, how to be an A student. And, like, I, it was, like, a little bit insulting low-key. But I was, like, whatever. Like, let me rip this. And um, the guy talks about, like, pseudo work and, like, and um, the concept of, like, oh, I studied for four hours, but, like, you were just sitting on your phone half the time and, like, you weren't, like, really getting that much done and, like, you just are studying so that you can tell yourself that you studied and you don't actually, like, you aren't trying to get to, like, a certain, like, level of knowledge or, like, anything. So, like, what I try and do is, like, instead of being, like, okay, I'm going to study for four hours, I'm, like, okay, like, I want to learn this this well and I'm just going to do it until I'm done and I want to be done it because I don't want to study longer than I have to. And so it's basically, like, just cutting off, like, time, like, just fucking off. How else have you applied that in your everyday life, do you think? When you're, like, planning out what you're doing and, like, you're being deliberate about what you're doing and, like, you think about what you're going to do during the day before you do it and, like, while you're doing something, it allows you to be, like, a little bit more present and, like, thinking about what you're doing right now and, like, why you're enjoying it, what you're doing or why you're enjoying the way you feel, like, right now as opposed to, like, 
constantly like being thinking somewhere else and like just sort of like going through the motions and like then feeling like shit and being like, why do I feel like shit? And it's like, cause you're not like paying attention to what you're doing, like being present, like feeling your body, like you're doing yoga, like you're feeling everything you're doing and like you're not somewhere else. I completely agree. I mean, I think especially now and some, it became like a, a much larger focus of mine uh, in terms of the distraction part is like, when you're on a computer, it be, sorry, it became a much more larger focus of mine during online classes. And it's because like when yeah, you're doing too. online classes on a computer that has literally infinite possibilities <laughs> at your fingertips, it's so hard to not like slack off and like become distracted and pay attention to something else. And that goes to show that it's not something that like I'm very passionate about. I feel like, I don't know if that's actually my point, but... But, like, I just noticed that there's, like, you can, if you're distracted, you're not absorbing anything that you're doing. So, yeah. like, I make it very clear when I'm in conversations with people if I'm about to, like, pull out my phone. Because I want them to know, like, I'm sorry, I'm about to, like, give my attention to something else for a minute because I want to bring my full attention back to you. Yeah. And, like, um, what's the word you were using? Deliberateness. Yeah. I think, like, yeah, I think it's really important. We were started talking about this concept of, like, what a lost soul is. Yeah. And I, 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 I resonate with that fact because I, like, I find myself being very lost at times in my own life. And I, I think I'm pretty good at recognizing like when someone else is a little bit lost in their life. And I didn't really know exactly what that meant. But when we were outside, we'd real like you gave me this epiphany moment that really what it means is like they are just going through their life with no deliberateness. They're just like yeah. existing and they're they don't really know like why they're doing what they're doing. They're just like the people to an extent, like see what everybody else is doing and then like they do it, but, like, they don't analyze, like, whether or not they actually like it, like, while they're doing it. So, you know, if moving forward, if I were to see someone like that, what do you think, like, piece of advice I could offer them, like, to help them try and figure out what's important? Finding out your passion is so yeah, hard. Yeah, that's like, what I was about to say, like. Yeah. Because, like, just being able to, it, it's it's maybe, like, not the, it's pretty healthy, honestly, but it's, like, not the, the it's kind of a shortcut, like, if. When I feel like shit, I'm like, okay, I feel like shit, I'm going to do yoga. Whenever I would be, like, a negative thought pattern, like, or, like, I would wake up early in the morning, I, like, didn't have anything to do, and I was like, all right, like, I'll just smoke. I will just be like, and, like, I'm just going to, like, do yoga until I don't want to smoke anymore or, like, like that sort of thing. Like, having something to dump productivity into and, like, something that you can watch yourself improve at and get more and more positive feedback from it. And then, like, you can see, like, being that you started doing something different, then you have something to compare yourself to. So, like, you're like, oh, like, I've spent the last couple of days doing yoga instead of doing whatever else I was doing, and now I feel this way. And so it allows you to compare what you feel like today versus what you feel like felt like yesterday. No, I agree. Like, building a positive routine. Exactly. And then, like, noticing positive change based off your positive routine. Yeah. It's actually a really good It all, like, advice. wraps itself up. Like, you can't separate any individual part of it. Like, like I don't know, it all... Like your mental life, health. It, your your it's life and thing. mental health is it's all, all wrapped brain. up. Yeah. It's all wrapped up in all the shit that you're doing, and everybody like around you. Like, I don't know. It's wow. a we are one. Some we are connected bullshit. society. Yeah, it is some. I wanted to get a little philosophical. <laughs> with you, so I'm glad that we did. Um, if yeah, I would love to just like talk a little bit more. Like, what are your thoughts on the influence of social media on our society today? I would love to get into this with you for a minute. Mm, all right, I got you. Because um, as you said, like, you're very anti the man. And yeah. I think that the media is getting really tied up with the man pretty much yeah. always at this point. The socials are 
this socials are crazy, bro. It's, especially uh, right now. It's a hot especially topic. right now. Yep. And everybody's locked in their house, spending a lot of time on their socials. Yep. Um, I think Twitter is a crazy fucking place. It's like you have like your ear like to the American people, I feel like. You'll be like seeing like the random thought of like some 35-year-old like lab tech that work like <laughs> is lives in Atlanta. Yeah. You know, like some tweet will go viral and you'll click on her account. She has like no followers. It's like, how does this even happen? Like you like see so much fucking shit that otherwise you would have never even come close to seeing. And like it's dope in a way, but like it's it like you see more than you should. Like it you have such you it like allows your brain like when your brain sees it, like your subconscious are like analyzing it the whole time. And like you look at what like people say on Twitter, like it becomes like what you think as normal. And then like you compare yourself like as the deviation from that normal. Yeah. And I mean, not to say that Twitter is normal or that there's one vibe coming from it, but like, I don't know. I just feel like everybody no, has like a, a sort of like social media muse, like somebody that they want to be like, like, or like you follow like this funny account or all these like network of funny accounts. And like, this kind of like defines what you think is funny. Like, I don't know. You can genuinely sculpt your own reality. What yeah, you're touching you, you on is an entirely can. huge fucking point in our world yeah. right now is like. And I've only realized, I was just thinking about this the other day and I was trying to think of the example I was thinking of, <laughs> but I couldn't think, I can't remember. But basically like, Wyatt fills his feed with memes. So like yeah. to him, <clears throat> like the concept of Twitter or maybe as you said, like the concept of the American people is like memes and memes can get really <laughs> weird, you know? Yeah. And his are definitely getting weird. And so that's like his <laughs> envisionment of what Twitter may be or like, you know, a certain population of people. Yeah. Whereas like for me, I put on Twitter and I have an idea of the other people that are on Twitter. Facts. And I flood my Twitter with this bullshit. It's almost like I'm reading other people's diary entries. It literally is, yeah, bro. And people I'm put like, everything out I'm there. I'm so off of it. funny. Um, yeah, I think social media is a really cool tool in our world, but I think it is like very commonly misused. And yeah. Uh, I think it's a really funny thing how everybody thinks that their opinion carries so much weight yeah. just because it everybody, exists on the internet. Everybody, like, the internet gives everybody, like, they reserve the right to have their opinion heard because, like, you can, I have something to say about this and, like, everybody else is saying something and I'm going to say something too because yes. I've been on Twitter all day and I've been reading everybody else talking <laughs> about this one little random thing all day and now I'm so pissed off because I haven't been doing anything except being locked in my house and staring at my Twitter feed. That this is all I'm thinking about. <laughs> and, <I'm laughs> and you're all like, enraged up yeah. about like some random shit. And I think uh, the comparing yourself thing is also huge. Like it's the first thing you said yeah. when you started speaking. Projections. In, yeah, because of Instagram too. Yeah. Like you facts. see these edited the body photos. Was more yeah. bro. Come on. Come on. Come on. Man. <laughs> Come oh my on. god. It was like our our small human brains were so not ready to be delivered this no. like, technology <laughs> with no like preparation. I think something that I hope we can learn as a society is like, before you give your kid all this technology, you have to teach it like the toxicity of it, you know, yeah. teach it, teach your child that it's a tool. Teach at, it. Cause teach it because <laughs> no, like kids our age and younger than us and a little bit older than us. There's this thing where like, you just said like body, uh, dysmorphia. dysmorphia and other situations where they are like, comparing themselves to other people or yeah. being bullied online because they don't know how to use it properly. Facts. And like, people are dying. <laughs> <laughs> people are dying and people are going crazy and it's just like, <laughs> oh man, what a what a crazy tool, the internet. Finance Twitter goes hard. Does I'm, it? Dude, Shauna's dad, uh, so my step-grandfather, they live in Huntington. Honest to God, smartest guy I've ever met. 
He grew up in the, like the fucking Bronx. He got a heavy ass accent. He was like <laughs> went to some random engineering school, made a shit ton of money as an engineer, and now he's a day trader. So the game that says that tells you enough. And um, shit, bro, what did you just say? We were talking about the internet and social media. Oh, and he recommended me I a bunch of like I I told him I was like starting to, like getting like finance and like trading and shit, and he recommended me like a bunch of like ten people on Twitter that like. He has found that are like, like post like dank ass charts and shit, and I was like, bet like put me on to finance Twitter, and so I followed all these people and like the network like now I see their likes and like my Twitter feed totally changed when he sent me them like it was only like six accounts that I follow, but like now I'm getting like all this shit about the Federal Reserve and like like all this monetary policy shit like all these crazy cool. graphs of how fast the wealth gap is widening and all these terrible things and. So yeah, I get pretty souped up on my. No, I get pretty should. souped up about it on my Twitter yeah. feed, man. That's all I, I see. I think like being uh, tuned into your industry of interest is hugely yeah. important, and I lack Facts. that skill. Like I'm, I, especially now being in Delaware, I feel so disconnected from Facts, like LA yeah. music industry. Definitely, um, that's fire, bro. It's fucking lit. Finance Twitter. Like, when, Never thought I would hear that, dude. <laughs> ne- didn't know, did not know that finance Twitter existed. It's hilarious, bro. You know, I was just thinking when we were smoking, like, where is like a. Uh, like <laughs> fucking uh pandemic twitter like like what like people who like profess in like viral shit like <laughs> where is i want to like lock into that twitter feed and like figure out what's actually going on i don't even know what you mean like what do you like, mean what type of dude people? i follow like there's like cfas that have twitter accounts with like less than ten thousand followers and they're smart as fuck okay so there's someone who's a professor in pandemics and shit who has a twitter account and i wish that i followed <laughs> I because the news is fuck, you can't like it's just the misinformation so bad. Even like, the WHO be hitting us with misinformation. Facts, bro. It's like oh my god, it's a huge letdown. Massive letdown. Um, we weren't ready for this shit, bro. We were absolutely no. ill, ill prepared. Like truly to this, like Trump fired the pandemic response from twenty eighteen, bro. <laughs> <laughs> bro, it's so fucked. And we were just reflecting on the how it's going up right now or you were showing me some charts yeah how it's getting worse in places right now so wave two's coming wave two's here watch for the folks. stock market crash yeah quote, watch quote, out um Learn so we'll start wrapping now it up. folks for the volatility what start wrapping it up yeah um is there anything that you want to share with the people last minute piece of advice oh yeah, story? yeah yeah dude i want to wrap up the nick thing i didn't finish the second half oh of please the okay please because it's, it's i important. always uh i rip on nick sometimes because he's like a big idol of mine um he was using a lot. He was in and out of rehab, blah, 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 six, seven years. You know, like, he got in a bunch of fights with my parents about it. Like, like their the relationships are, like, all mended now. But um, he eventually got cleaned up, and now he he started working, like, for this guy that he met through rehab um, in, like, some medical billing industry, mm-hmm. like, down in Florida. Like, there's tons of, like, I don't even, I honestly should know exactly what he does, but I don't. Um, I was just talking about this with him the other day. I was like, bro, you got to explain it to me again. I always forget. <laughs> I have relatives um, And like it's that funny, too. like, now, like, I, he hasn't explained it to me, like, since I, like, been in college, I feel like. And so now I'm like, all right, like, now I know what jobs are like. I could probably figure it out. Um, <laughs> and uh, and he's making, like, six figures plus, and he's got this kid, and he's all, he's fucking, like, five years sober, and, like, he dates this, like, this beautiful girl who, like, he, like, loves him very much. She happens to have, like, mad Instagram followers. Like, shout out Nick. He done pulled it around. That's really Turned incredible. I think that was important for you to share. And so that, that's that's basically what I tell anybody who's, like, 
feels like shit, I'm like, yeah, like my older brother's literally a drug addict forever, and he makes more money than people that went to college. So that's uh, shout out Nick. Shout out Nick. Nicky Drakeley. Some people can turn it around, and I you get you can absolutely yeah. turn it around from nothing. Actually, I would say almost everybody can turn it around. Pretty tricky to get a situation <laughs> where you can't. There's a couple of you. Yeah, out there's there. a couple of you out there. <laughs> uh, unlucky, not no. <laughs> they just got unlucky. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, dude, dude, I've been cackling into this mic the whole time. That's okay. Sorry for anybody I that's can, been. I'm a I'm a good mixer. So. Oh, yeah, shit. So let's okay. go. But uh, auto tune my shit. I, when you had a voice cracker moment ago, I literally thought to myself, "What if I auto tune that?" Like that? That's so funny. Um, all right, bro. Yo. Like, make me sound like Ti. No, no T Pain. <laughs> no, now you're ignorant. No, no you, gotta cut, you gotta cut it out. You gotta cut it out. Um, I love you very T-Pain, much, bro. Pain, damn. I'm happy fraud. that you came on. I really appreciate you sharing your story with me. I'm glad that you were able to get intimate and philosophical with yeah. me. Um, I almost made it out without saying anything stupid. I'm glad. That, I'm glad that you didn't. And. Um, yeah. Again, is there anything that you want to share with the people real quick? And I encourage you to shout out your Instagram. Anything else you want to shout out that's important to you? You will want to follow my Instagram. It's c.miller. Yeah, c.miller with three L's because someone else has apparently taken c.miller with two L's. So. And it's really hard to get them. Like, it's really hard to get them. Yeah. An inactive account. And I made it like at some point in high school when I was like pretty grown. And I don't know why I made it that because it could have easily just been something else. You can change it. So. It has three L's. I know, but like. It's I fine. guess I could change it at any it's time. Fine. One day when you have stock money, you can you can buy the, the handle. Yeah, I'm going to start buying. Dude, yeah, that's definitely some shit, like buying up a URL that like someone's yes. going to get, yes, someone's going to need at some point. Some, and, and but at, this, like, at this point, every, I feel like everything that's on the internet has like been done. Like every URL is already like done. Everybody <laughs> every has, like, single one. Every single one. Like, <laughs> like, there's, like there's no more like YouTube accounts to be made. Like everybody, there's a video for everything. Like, oh, surprised. Like, we're gonna keep seeing that's new facts, shit. But, oh, like your kitchen table fell apart. Like, yeah, there's like a video. I put it back together. Like, <laughs> that exact model. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, but I think you'll be surprised. We're gonna see some crazy shit coming out, bro. Like, uh, new technology is gonna change the wave too. Yeah. Um, all right, bro. All right, man. Uh, if you made it this far, guys, I appreciate you. I love you. Uh, I'll talk to you next week, and uh, stay safe. It's Corona time. Peace Bye. Out. Sit up, never like you know it's put you back in with the automatics. We gon' set up to have it. Wait, 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 wait. Hey, hey. Woo! Oh, you feel it sturdy, huh? Shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it. She like the way that I dance. She like the way that I move. She like the way that I rock. She like the way that I woo. And she let it clap for a nigga. She let it clap for a nigga. If she throw it back for a nigga, yeah, she throw it back for a nigga. Mike and Mary, Mike and Mary. Billy Jean, Billy Jean. Uh, Christian Dior, Dior. I'm up in all the stores. When it rains, it pours. She like the way I heard. Mike and Mary, Mike and Mary. Billy Jean, Billy Jean. Uh, Christian Dior, Dior. I'm up in all the stores. When it rains, it pours. She like the way I heard. When I walk in the spot, 30 on me, buy the club, niggas know that I'm paid. Bitch, I'm a thot, get me lit, I can't fuck with these niggas cause niggas is gay. All in my page, sucking dick, all in my comments and screaming my name while I'm in the club, throwing them hundreds and fifties and ones and ones. I smoke, they know I'm wildin', if I'm on the island, I'm snatching the cell. Brody got locked, the night is bail, until he free, I'm racing hell. Tell my shooters, call me FaceTime, for all the times we had to FaceTime. 50 nights, I do a state time, if you need the glizzy, you can take mine. Please don't come up to mine. 
know I'm like that. I'll make a movie like TNT. Black 30 do me as you really want it. I bet I ain't real like DMV. Now I do all it in my section. And I keep that 38 for the weapon. Remember when I came home for correction? All the bad bitches in my direction. She like the way that I dance. She like the way that I move. She like the way that I rock. She like the way that I woo. And she let it clap for a nigga. She let it clap for a nigga. And she throw it back for a nigga. Yeah, she throw it back for a nigga. Like a Mary, like a Mary. Billy Jean, Billy Jean. Uh, Christian Dior, Dior. Come up in all the stores. When it rains, it pours. She like the way I heard. New Javinci, New Javinci. Hop out of quads, court. Walking Fendi, walking Fendi. A friend in the car, the Royce. I pull up a van to door. I live for the doors of jaw. These bro niggas shopping at Ross. We back in Dior, Dior. I got Valentino denim. Brand new Mike and Mary denim. Any Ricky on denim. I drop the back, they gonna hit him. This baddie wanna pop a skittle. I'm tired of niggas telling riddles. Till they foreign whip it through the ghetto. Still see bitch, lying green. Riding down 11, Porsche yellow. Playing paddock in an AP. They got 50 pointers in the bezel. Speeding whip it like Toretto. Push the products in the pedal. Make her swallow down the middle. We some giant niggas. She like the way that I dance. She like the way that I move. She like the way that I rock. She like the way that I woo. And she let it clap for a nigga. She let it clap for a nigga. And she throw it back for a nigga. Yeah, she throw it back for a nigga. Like a Mary, like a Mary. Billy Jean, Billy Jean. Uh, Christian Dior, Dior. Come up in all the stores. When it rains, it pours. She like the way I heard. Like a Mary, like a Mary. Billy Jean, Billy Jean. Uh, Christian Dior, Dior. I'm up in all the stores. When he raises the balls, she like the way I. Trap house vibes.